0: The following podcast is a dear media production. Welcome to the Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our final episode of the year, our last episode of 2023. That is crazy. I believe this episode comes out on Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas to everybody who is celebrating. I don't know if many of you are listening to this on the actual holiday of Christmas. Hopefully you are scurrying about celebrating and being happy and joyous. But whenever you listen to this, welcome back. I can't believe it's the end of the year. I really can't. I feel like this year was by far the fastest year of my life and the best year of my life, which I'm sure those two things are correlated because, as they say, time flies when you're pregnant. No, but it really has been such an amazing year. It's been an amazing year with the podcast, an amazing year personally. Again, while I'm recording this, I am pregnant. I don't know if I've had her yet by the time this episode comes out but at the time of recording i'm still looking forward to many things so not only was it a great year i think next year is going to be even better even better 2024 we're coming at you and if you didn't have a great year next year is going to be the best year of your life i will manifest it for you so i wanted to do a little roundup of this year i asked you guys some categories and i thought i would give you my top 5 of the year, because what better way to summarize this experience of being pregnant and the Eras tour. And I don't know what else is as important as those two things, but how else could we summarize it besides with a good list? I don't think these are necessarily ranked. Like I did top fives in all of these categories, but I don't think that they're ranked. I'm going to go ahead and reserve the right to say they are not because it was really hard to rank some of these. But without any further ado, let's get in to our 2023 roundup. First up, my top celebrity breakups of 2023. Again, these are not like, I didn't even know how to rank these. Like my favorite ones or the ones that shocked me the most. These ones are I'm just going with the ones that took up the most space in my brain. So first up, of course, is Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn. That was shocking. That was super, super shocking. I don't know why I didn't see it coming. I mean, people now in hindsight are saying they saw it coming. I didn't see it coming. It shocked me. Couldn't believe that they broke up. I mean, they'd been together, I think, six years. As we all know, there is many a song about him. Flattering songs too, by the way. I mean, not so much now with the songs we've gotten since then, but lots of love songs about him. Really? I mean, a lot of people really believed they were endgame, mainly because of the song "Endgame." But yeah, that was probably the most shocking celebrity breakup. I think a lot of people can relate to that. The next one, this one's a weird one, but Ariana Grande and her husband. And this one shocked me, not because I am particularly attached to this couple. I really don't Know or care about them that much. But the way in which it unfolded, like the fact that she was married and then she got this job doing wicked, and then she cheated on her husband and the guy she was with, Ethan Slater, he cheated on his wife with her and then ended up leaving his wife. And his wife had like a three month old baby at home and he left her for Ariana Grande, not to mention the guy that she's with now. Ethan Slater. Again, I'm recording in advance, so maybe they're broken up by now. I don't know. I have no clue. But he plays Bach in Wicked. And anybody who has ever watched Wicked, cares about Wicked, knows the characters in Wicked. Can you imagine? Can you imagine showing up for work at Wicked and dating Bach? It's embarrassing. The whole situation is kind of embarrassing. So yeah, Ariana Grande's breakup to me, it just took up a lot of time. You know, It took up a lot of Mental energy for me to wrap my mind around how that happened. Okay, the next one Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas. I mean, of course, I spent hours talking about this. I talked about it on the Patreon. I talked about it here. This was a crazy breakup. I felt like personally invested. Also, how weird because I was looking up Sophie and Joe breakup and Sophia Vergara and Joe, I think Manginello. I don't know if that's how you say his name but they also broke up. Never realized that there's two Sophia and Joe couples that broke up this year. Weird. Anyway, Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas. Yeah, that was quite a mess. And I still violently side with my queen in the North. I mean, nothing's come out since it was kind of settled down, but that was a really wild few weeks of learning about what, you know, he did and keeping their kids and then him putting Sophie on blast. And then I don't know. People got over it like real quick, which is just pop culture and social media in general. People are just going to move on really fast. But I feel we moved on way too fast from like hating Joe Jonas. I was like ready. Like my pitchfork was in hand. I was ready to hate Joe for like a long time. And now I just seen like a lot of people at Jonas Brothers concerts and I don't really like it. I don't know. Anyway. Next celebrity breakup, Hugh Jackman and his wife. This one was just shocking because they have been together for so long. And I just live for a couple that is, you know, not super public. You know, they don't chase down the spotlight. I think that she, I believe her name was Deb. Deb was like an actress, and then they met, and then she decided to give up acting so that he could act. And I don't know, they just seemed very, very normal and solid. And I don't know, their breakup was kind of shocking. So, I have no idea. I think he has a memoir coming out in 2024 that he'll talk more about it. But that was just a really shocking breakup for me. And then the last one, I hesitated to put this on here, but I did put Tom Sandoval and Ariana. Not because I care about this couple again, but just because of the magnitude of their breakup. It was pretty crazy. Like the scandal that rocked the world, it's wild to me that it came from Vanderpump Rules. I mean, Vanderpump Rules is obviously popular, needless to say. But it just got huge, like it was such a huge scandal. And yeah, I'm sure I've, I talked about it on episodes, and I watched finales, and reunions, and old episodes. And yeah, I got really, really invested in it. So those are the celebrity breakups that I feel really defined my personal 2023. Now let's talk about celebrity couples that defined 2023. Okay, first one, which is just a shocking couple in and of itself: Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan. You guys, I don't. I don't know if we all understand how weird this is. Marcus Jordan is the son of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's teammate, famous teammate, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife is now dating Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan. Wait, does that Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan? Yeah, lots of names going on. Like Jordan and Pippen, like that's like a legendary basketball sports duo. And now Larsa, it's, it's insane. She probably babysat him. She knew him from the time he was born because she was a basketball wife with his dad. It's crazy to me. It is on my mind all the time. I just don't know if we've really spent some quality time thinking about it. Okay. Next one, Kelsey Ballerini and Chase Stokes. I like them despite my better judgment. Honestly, like everything in me is telling me not to like them. But Kelsey Ballerini really did us divorces a favor with rolling up the welcome mat. I mean, if you have not listened to that album, it's like it's not even a a whole huge album. It's like six songs, six or seven songs. It is the divorce anthem of the century. So I don't know. I don't necessarily love Chase Stokes. He's not like high on my list of like male celebrities I love. But they as a couple, I'm just I'm just into him. I'm into like. You know what I'm into? I'm into being publicly healed. I'm into privately hurting, publicly healing. And I feel like that's what Kelsey Ballerini taught me to do. <laughs> I just feel like Kelsey Ballerini and obviously, you know, Taylor Swift, I'll talk about her in a moment, really taught us that it's fine that when you're healed, it's okay to just be public about it and be fine and be okay. I don't know. It's just, we're always taught to suffer in silence and go through these hard relationships and then, you know, just keep quiet about it. And I like that both Kelsey Ballerini and Taylor Swift, they got out of these hard relationships, found their soulmate boyfriends, and then they decided to be super public about it. I love that. So obviously we're rolling right into Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I mean, if we are ranking, they're my number one. I love them. I have talked about it. You can go listen to my Patreon episode about it if you want. I won't ramble about it too much here, but I'm living for a public display of healing. I think that it is amazing. It is what I aspire to do because when you go through something shitty and you finally feel okay and you're with somebody who makes you feel safe, man, does it feel good to talk about it. So I'm glad that they are the blueprint. Okay, the last one I have on here is Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet. People hate this couple again, I like them. I don't know if I see like, oh my gosh, they're end game. They're going to be married. He's going to be stormy stepped out. I don't know, but I like an unconventional pair and they're both a-listers. They're both smart. They're both wealthy. They're both hot. I like it. I like this pairing. I had like to argue with some of you guys in my DMS about it, which was very weird. And some of you guys made me feel real dumb for thinking that this was a cool couple, but I like them. So I stand by it. Those are my celebrity couples. Of 2023. This episode of the Bad Broadcast is brought to you by Clean Simple Eats. You guys know I love this protein powder. I've tried to stay on top of my protein my entire pregnancy, and I really only want to do it in delicious ways. And that's why Clean Simple Eats and I make such a good pair because I like delicious things they like giving me delicious things full of protein. See, it's kind of a win-win. They have a ton of great flavors. If you're into like the protein desserts, which are super popular right now, Clean Simple Eats has a flavor for anything that you might be craving. They've got s'mores, cake batter, mint chocolate chip. They've got the classic vanilla, which is what I've been using lately. And the chocolate brownie, which honestly makes everything taste like a chocolate milkshake. One of the things I love about Clean Simple Eats is their high ingredient standards. You know what you're getting when you put it in your body. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no artificial ingredients. It is third-party tested, non-GMO, and always gluten-free. Plus, Clean Simple Eats is a female-founded, female-owned business. And you know, I love that. We're all about that at The Bad Broadcast. You've probably seen it going around on TikTok. I feel like that's where most people see it. It really is my favorite. I've gotten multiple friends and family members hooked on it. It's the best way to get your protein. So if you'd like to try the most delicious protein powder, visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code BAD at checkout for 20% off of your first order. Once again, that is cleansimpleeats.com code BAD for 20% off of your first order. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's the holidays, which means it is time for giving. We're giving gifts, we're giving time, but what are you giving yourself? Have you stopped to think about that? Because it's not bad to focus on yourself for a little bit. It's actually very, very healthy to think about what you need to give yourself. Is it going easier on yourself? Is it treating yourself to a day of rest? Is it getting a little treat? Is it perhaps starting therapy? The holidays are a great time to do this for a lot of reasons. Stress is usually at an all-time high. It's probably a good idea to have a place to release some of that stress. Remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Therapy is self-care. It's gifting yourself some tools to help you with the mental load that you may be carrying. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is a great place to start. It takes care of a lot of the hurdles that people face when starting therapy. It is entirely online, first of all, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. That's a really hard part of therapy, especially during the holidays. Schedules are crazy. You've got events. You've got family things. It's hard to sit down and schedule time where you can like drive to an office, sit there, sit in traffic, all of that. So BetterHelp takes care of all of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com bad today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash bad today to get 10% off of your first month of online therapy. A lot of these are going to be pregnancy and baby centric, obviously. Like I, I don't know. I've thought a lot about it because you guys know I'm not going to be sharing my child on social media. And I've thought about like, well, should I just never talk about being pregnant or having a baby? Of course, I'm going to talk about it. It's my life. It's a huge part of it. I can't just ignore this huge part of my life just because I'm not going to be sharing her doesn't mean that I didn't experience being pregnant. So I feel like I have the right to talk about being pregnant And I know people get very up in arms when content shifts. Like I felt that even after my divorce, when it was like, okay, like now the content feels different. It's like, well, my life is going to feel different. So it just kind of is what it is. But let's talk about baby items. I was so lucky to receive so many baby items from friends. Like a lot of my friends just got out of the newborn phase or just finished having kids. And they gave me like my friends really pulled through and they gifted me and I can't even put it into words. The stuff that they gave me, like the bassinet that she's going to use, basically all of her clothes, tons of postpartum stuff like they really hooked it up. So I myself have not purchased a lot of baby items because of them. But the two things that I'm most excited about that I bought are her bear suit. I bought her a little bear snowsuit that I'm obsessed with. And I also bought her matching PJs with me because I will not let one mommy and me matching moment slip through my fingers. I am so excited to match with her. I pray that she likes it. And those are the only two. Again, I haven't had her yet, so I can't say like, oh, I love this bassinet or this stroller or this car seat or whatever, because who knows? But those are the two things that I am most excited for that I purchased myself. Everything that I have, though, gets me excited. Every little thing that I have, every binky, every bottle, every sock, every... Little gadget, every cream and soap and little tiny baby size thing gets me so excited. I cannot wait to meet her. Okay, let's talk about pregnancy items though that really saved me from my pregnancy. The first thing is bio oil. This is like, I think that this is probably pregnant women's holy grail. Like, I've seen many, many a pregnant woman swear by bio oil, and I did pretty good. I mean, I got a stretch mark or two on my tummy. But other than that, I really felt good about how my my stomach looked, my boobs did okay so far, the hips are okay so far, and I load up on the bio oil and also the Osea Daria Algae Body Cream. Those two things, I load that shit up. Okay, next, I got to go with preggy pops. Preggy pops helped in the beginning when I was nauseous. I didn't ever have a really, really bad nausea, but it was always kind of around the corner like... I knew when something was going to make me nauseous or I just needed to breathe for a second. Like it was always just kind of there and preggy pops really helped. I just got them on Amazon. I know a lot of people use just like Jolly Ranchers or like something sour. I liked the preggy pops and I also usually hate hard candy because they give me, what's it called? Canker sores, but the preggy pops didn't. So I really like those. Oh, I, now I'm, I have a craving for them. They're so sour and so delicious. Next thing is my belly band. You can get basically any belly band off of Amazon. I don't really think that there's a specific one that I was like really attached to, but it helped me so much with my back pain because when the belly started getting bigger and heavier, I really just wanted to strap that up. Also, I have been told that it's good for pelvic floor stuff and kind of lifting pressure off of your pelvic floor while you're still carrying. So I loved it. It also helped me not have to pee as much because when my belly was just down and out, it was just she was sitting on my bladder i had to pee all the time so the belly band really helped with that again i just got like i got a couple of random ones off of amazon they all kind of do the same thing i don't have one that i'm like oh my gosh this is the one but i do have some pregnancy leggings off of amazon it's the posh diva p o s h d i v a h that brand of pregnancy leggings i have loved i bought 3 pair at the beginning of my pregnancy and i almost haven't worn anything but that The H&M maternity section is great. I got a couple outfits off of there just to get me through. I really didn't want to buy maternity clothes because I knew that it wasn't going to be forever. Like eventually I was going to be able to wear my other clothes. But then as I got further in, I was like, well, I, I do want to be able to wear like something different or like wear a dress or wear a set. And the maternity section at H&M was like a lifesaver. I just got a couple sets off of there. I believe they're saved on my Instagram highlights, So I did give in and get some maternity things, which I don't regret. I really, I probably all in all bought less than 10 maternity items total, but just a couple shirts, pants, leggings that I knew would work. I didn't worry too much during my pregnancy about if I was like looking the cutest I've ever looked. I just wanted to be comfortable. And those Posh Diva or whatever that brand is, leggings off of Amazon were awesome. I wore them seriously every day. I had to start buying more. I think I might actually have four pair, which seems insane, but I had to wear them that much. Okay. And then the last pregnancy item is one that a friend sent me. Claire sent me this. It is the cozy bump cushion inflatable thing off of Amazon. Oh my gosh. The relief to be able to do tummy time, like to be able to lay on my stomach and like the release that came to my back. And I would have my boyfriend just like push on my back or on my hips like while I was laying flat on my stomach. It was the most re- like you really don't notice how much weight you're carrying around until you're relieved of it cuz it just grows little by little. So you're just kind of like, yeah, it's here whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I'm carrying like a huge lump around. And so when you lay on that cozy bump, oh my. Oh my. I think you can blow it up with an electric pump. I blew it up with my mouth. I probably n- nearly killed the two of us I almost running out of oxygen, but it was amazing. So yeah, the cozy bump, that's what it's called, the cozy bump on Amazon, inflatable thing. It looks like a little pool floaty with a circle in the middle and then a little opening for your boobs. Wonderful. Okay. Next up, we've got pregnancy cravings. The number one thing that I have craved consistently from the very beginning is Fresca. I can get down with a Fresca like nothing you've ever seen. I can chug these like I'm in a contest. Like I love Fresca so much. I think that somebody asked me, oh no, it was a Patreon episode. Like what my number one craving was. I'm sure I said Fresca, but like it has only intensified as the weeks have gone on. There's a drink at a soda shop here. That's like Fresca, lime, lemon, orange, and Fresca is grapefruit, mind you. It is the most sour, most delicious. Oh, just anything sour. And people like were messaging me when I was saying that I was craving sour stuff. And they're like, oh, it's a girl. Because if you crave sweet and sour, it's definitely a girl. If you crave salty and savory, it is a boy. Who knows if that's true, but I obviously am part of that category. Oh, but Fresca. Fresca has been there with me. I have one in hand right now. The next thing, this was short. I wasn't even short-lived. It was like a month and a half. Chicken bakes from Costco. There was a time where chicken was grossing me out, but I really pushed through and I made myself like it again because I was not going to go without Chick-fil-A or chicken bakes for my pregnancy. And then once chicken bakes started sounding good, boy, did they sound good. One night I woke up at like 1.30 in the morning and I had three of them. I had three chicken bakes and it was incredible. They're obviously better fresh at Costco, but you can buy them in packs of six and heat them up in the microwave. And they're still pretty good. I got my boyfriend on them too. We were kind of a chicken bake family for a while. Next one is Scandinavian swimmers from Trader Joe's right now. They have Scandinavian or not right now they have Scandinavian tidings, which are the Christmas ones also incredible. But yeah, something about the chew of a Scandinavian swimmer, as opposed to a Swedish fish. I don't like Swedish fish like at all. The swimmers are where it's at. Uh, The next thing I craved a lot of, I craved a lot of eggs. I ate eggs every single morning. I really did crave them like eggs and toast or, you know, bacon, egg and cheese bagels. Like I needed eggs every single morning. I am really hoping that they have something beneficial in them. Like, I don't know. I just, I am bombarded by a lot of pregnancy information all the time. And I mean, literally all the time. I actually am kind of not well over it. Like just the amount of people and I really do believe that most people have the best intentions. They just want to be helpful. They just want me to be comfortable and to get what I need. Like I get it, but it's shockingly unhelpful to send anything to pregnant women <laughs> in reg- I mean in regards to advice, like it's just it, it would probably shock you how how unhelpful it is, even though you really believe it's helpful. I mean, I've had some we should have added that category into here, like some of the craziest. DMs, craziest advice sent to me. Like, I, for the most part, it's been okay, but there have definitely been times where I'm like, I want to get off the internet forever. But I did see a video on TikTok. All that to say, I saw a video on TikTok of a lady saying that there was some nutrient in eggs that was good for pregnancy. And that was all I needed. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm in. I ate eggs every single day of my pregnancy. My kid is now a super genius. I don't make the rules. It was some random lady on TikTok. Uh, And then the last. That I really craved a lot, ice water. Just the coldest possible water. I actually need to pause and take a chug right now. Oh. The feeling of chugging water is euphoric when pregnant. It is the best thing ever. I love it. Okay, so those are my top pregnancy cravings. I hope I just triggered a craving in some pregnant broad listening. All right. Let's talk pop culture. Let's talk era's tour. Let's talk about my top five Taylor Swift surprise songs of the era's tour. I loved era's tour content this year. I really did. I loved going to the era's tour. I loved watching live streams. I love chit chatting about it. I'm here for the era's tour discourse. And so I'm excited to tell you guys my top Five songs. Again, most of these are not ranked, but this one is. The number one is Exile. Okay. Is it because I saw it live? Yeah, it is. Okay. But also I probably would have ranked it up there even if I wasn't there because Exile featuring the crowd was something spiritual. It was something religious. I can't explain it, but being there in person, my daughter was in my stomach at the time. So yes, I'll be bragging to her that we together saw Exile live it was seriously such a moment and it made up for the fact that the very next night she announced 1989 and i do wish that i had been there for that but being there for exile was amazing the next one was right where you left me i mean right where you left me is in my top 5 favorite songs of hers and so and honestly basically this list is like my top 5 and so seeing them live it was is obvious because i love these songs but right where you left me live was amazing and i believe she messed it up and had to start it over? I believe so. I just felt a weird feeling, a weird feeling in my stomach. I kind of have this like fantasy, not, I mean, fantasy might be the wrong word, but how funny if I did go into labor while recording and then we had audio of the whole thing. (laughs) Should I do that for my first episode back? Should I just keep a microphone on me? I'll think about it. Anyway, right where you left me, I, I loved it. Next one is You're On Your Own Kid. This is again, just because it is one of my top songs. I love... You're on Your Own Kid. I'm a Midnights stan. A lot of people don't put it in their top five. I actually rarely see it in people's top five. It is in my top five. It's probably my number four out of my top five. I love Midnights. Midnights came out at like the most pivotal time of my life. So I hold it very near and dear to my heart. And You're on Your Own Kid is just, it's perfect. The next one is another secret song that, or surprise song that I was there for, which is Wonderland. Me and Kylie got that at our Houston show. And I just, I love it because, well, I love that song. It was so fun to hear it live. And when Kylie and I went to the show, we had said like anything from 1989, we will love because it's our album and we love it. And then we got Wonderland and it was really special to hear it. And then the last one is the last surprise song that she played in Sao Paulo, the last Eras tour or the last Eras show of 2023. And that was It's Time to Go. This one made my top five because I called it. I predicted it. I texted my friend Amanda and I said, My prediction for tonight is it's time to go. It's her last show of 2023. She's gonna sing it's time to go. She's gonna be announcing a re-release soon. She's talking about, you know, 15 years, 50 million tears, beg until my knees bled. Like she's gonna sing it's time to go and send us off with that. And then when we got it, I just felt I felt a huge sense of pride. Okay, back to a pregnancy category. Let's talk top five pregnancy moments. This is was hard because I have so deeply enjoyed my pregnancy. I really have. I know that I will be nostalgic for it at some point. I'm getting you know, really uncomfortable and I don't feel great. And I think that's to kind of fuel me towards childbirth. But I have just had such a peaceful, lovely experience being pregnant that has been made possible by everybody in my life has made it possible. And also I want to credit myself because I have done work to make sure that I feel good during the pregnancy. So my top five pregnancy moments. The first one will always be telling my boyfriend, telling gray that was the best night of my whole life. It really was like sharing that moment together and knowing that it was just us two that knew. And, Oh, it was just, it was seriously like it was euphoric. Like it was heaven to just sit in that moment and be there together and know that we were gonna have a baby together and both feel so great about it. And like that was, I don't know, that was just seriously magical. So that will always be the best part of this pregnancy. And I didn't put this on the list, but finding out it was a girl was also really fun. We just didn't find out in a super exciting way. We just got an email, we pulled over to a gas station and read it and said it's a girl. And but that was obviously really great. But telling him will always be number one. And the next one is, or was announcing it. It was telling everybody, telling you guys, finally putting it on social media, finally being able to talk about it on the podcast. Finally, like I realized, cause I, I always think like, oh, at the beginning of my pregnancy I had such bad anxiety and I wasn't feeling very good. And honestly, I think a lot of it was keeping the secret. A lot of it was like, I didn't know how people were going to react and I didn't know what people were going to say. And then once it was out there and I knew and I had the support from you guys and my family and friends and everything just was so happy, like my anxiety went so low, like lower than ever before. I realized that like it was this it was the anxiety of keeping the secret. So announcing it was the best thing ever. And just the outpouring of love from you guys was wild. It was not expected. The next moment of my pregnancy that I loved—this is more than a moment—but my baby shower. My baby shower was so unbelievably special to be able to spend time with all the women in my life. I mean, all my friends. My we did separate showers for friends and family, but all the women that are my friends that I've met over the years—some that I've known since I was in kindergarten, some that I've met in the last six months—like just to have those moments with them and to know that they're there to celebrate my daughter. And like, just knowing that like my daughter has this group of women that she can rely on and she can, you know, count on for support and love. That was huge. I loved it. I loved my baby shower so much. I think about it daily, if not more often. And then my maternity photos, taking my maternity photos. Again, I went back and forth because I was like, I don't want to do them. They seem kind of like Pinteresty and like, who cares really what I look like. And then finally, like, I think I talked to a couple people and they were like, no, you should just do it. Like who cares if nobody ever sees them big deal, but at least then you have them and you can remember them. And truly I had never felt more beautiful in my whole life. Like I shot with a photographer named Steph Kirk. She's amazing. And I had really never felt more gorgeous. And the fact that I have those photos, I have no clue what I'm going to do with them. Like maybe I'll show my daughter and she's going to be like, mom, this is weird. Why did you take these? But just having these photos of us, of me and her and these moments of being pregnant that I I have loved, like just the fact that I have those anyway, it was the most beautiful I've ever felt taking photos like hands down, no other photo shoot, no other moment, no other life event has ever made me feel as like glowy as being pregnant and taking those maternity photos. The glow is real. I don't know what else to tell you. It's just real. I feel it inside and out. I don't know if I'm necessarily hotter, but I am definitely happier. And I feel like those photos really reflect that. And then the next thing on the list of best pregnancy moments was her first kick. I was actually at the zoo (laughs) and I felt a little like thud in my stomach. And I was like, was that, could it? No, I think I was like 26, 27 weeks. And I was like, that couldn't be her. And then every night I would lay down and I would feel a little flutter. And I would think, am I farting or is that her? And it was her. And even still, even still, we're at the the very end of this pregnancy. Feeling her kick is the most comforting thing to me. I thought it would freak me the hell out. I really did. I thought that I would hate it. I thought that I would, you know, not be comforted like I am. But just knowing that she's okay, that she's moving around, like, I really do love it. And yeah, it keeps me up. But, you know, she's going to do that in other ways later on. So (laughs) it's fine. Like I just, I really do love feeling her kick, and I love like that now. If you put your hand on my stomach, you can feel it. Gray can feel it. Like I love that she is a full person and she has these little limbs. And I don't know, just thinking back to her first kick, and like we would want to go do like go out to dinner, go hang out with friends, and I'd be like, I literally just want to lay in bed and feel her kick. The way I just like, I know this is not helpful, but I used to wonder like what it was like to feel a baby kick. Here's my answer: It feels exactly how you'd think it'd feel, which I know is not helpful, but it's not painful. It's just if you had something moving around in your stomach, that's just what it feels like. I don't know how else to describe it. That's the best I can do. The next one is, again, these next couple are pregnancy focused. My favorite things about being pregnant, I think that my favorite thing about being pregnant is kind of this total surrender of my body. Like, just for once, like being a woman, a lot of it is like trying to control what your body looks like. It's trying to control how people perceive you and what it looks like and how it looks in clothes. And we're getting away from it. Thank goodness. But I know that a lot of us focus on how our body looks and something about being pregnant where you just are free. You're free from that. Like your body just has to do what it has to do and you can't change it. There is some serious freedom in that. And I have loved that experience of just being like, well, all I can do is, you know, eat what I want and eat what makes me feel good and move when I can. And my body's going to do the rest. I loved that feeling of like just having no control over it. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I would describe it. The next thing I loved finally knowing what I looked like pregnant. I've wondered for 30 years what am I going to look like while I'm pregnant? Like anybody who's not pregnant who desires that you've probably wondered, what am I going to look like pregnant? And you, you, know, you put basketballs in your shirt and you're like, is this what I'm going to look like? Finally knowing is awesome. It's finally here. Okay. The next thing I loved about being pregnant is that I had the lowest anxiety I've ever had. I am prepped for my fourth trimester. I know that anxiety will likely take a big upswing when she gets here and when I'm postpartum and I'm doing all that I can and taking steps to make sure that. That I'm on top of that. But during my pregnancy, I've had very, very, very low anxiety. And that is large in part because of the people in my life. I know that I've done what I can do, you know, take care of my body and all of that. But having people in my life, having a partner who really has been committed to making sure that my anxiety is not, you know, too high, that I'm not worried about things I don't need to worry about, that I am taken care of, like that, that has been a really huge thing for me. I don't know if I've ever if I've ever felt a lower baseline of anxiety. The next thing I love about being pregnant is that everything is automatically impressive. No matter what you do, it is impressive. I made dinner. That's impressive. I cleaned. Super impressive. I went to the gym. I am an Olympian. Like people see the bump. Most people, I should say, see the bump and they're impressed with everything you do. I literally bent over to pick up a crumb off the floor and I felt I should deserve a round of applause because it was so impressive that I was doing that while pregnant and the majority of people recognize that like the majority of people recognize that pregnancy is not that fun so being able to get credit for everything like everything I did just felt like superhuman strength I don't even know if it was but it felt like it and I liked when people acknowledged that and then the last thing I loved about being pregnant is that I learned so much about my body like so much about the process of growing a baby and birthing a baby and what my uterus is meant to do and what the placenta does. Like I, I took a birth class, which I will talk more about when I'm back from maternity leave. Cause I just, I don't want to talk too much about it before I've given birth because how much can I say about it before it actually happens? But it was just so educational about like what my body is meant to do and the signals that it has and how we can help our bodies during pregnancy and feel empowered. And sorry to use that word, but it's true. That was a really, really, really cool part of being pregnant Now let's talk about my least favorite parts of being pregnant. The heartburn is number one. I've had vicious heartburn, especially the last couple of weeks. It has been really, really brutal to the point of where I know it's annoying when I talk about it, but I can't stop because it's just that bad. The heartburn is so real. I don't think it's because she has a lot of hair. I mean, I believe a lot of wives tales. That's just not particularly one of them. I think that there's a baby squishing my digestive tract and it's pushing acid up. That's the scientific conclusion I'm coming to, but it is brutal. It's brutal. So the heartburn is definitely number one worst thing. I've got some back pain these last few weeks. It really didn't start till about 32 weeks, but just cause you're getting heavy, you know, your body's changing and it's just, that's why the cozy bump is so awesome because it just relieves so much of that back pressure or so much of that back like tension from carrying around the bump The next thing I hate, sleeping is really annoying. I kind of dread going to sleep just because it takes a lot of effort to like readjust and get in a really comfortable position. I was kind of a hater on like the big long pregnancy pillows. So I never bought one. And now it's like, there's no point in buying one because I'm five seconds from giving birth. But I was kind of like, no, I don't want that. I don't want a giant like snake pillow like meh. And I don't know what I was thinking because I totally get it now. I just didn't have a big enough bump to make it worth it. Now I wish that I had had it cuz sleeping yeah it's just it's not great and then you mix in the heartburn and you got to prop your head up it's just it's a lot and I just I I'm to the point where I'm just I'm just a little uncomfortable while sleeping the next thing I hate about being pregnant I can't really hug people like I want to hug them you know there's an obstruction there's an obstruction of justice happening I really can't like snuggle and hug I can't like pick up my nieces and hug like I can't do that stuff because there's a giant bump in the way. I can't scooch past people. It's just, she's, she's here and I can't wait for her to be on the outside of my body. That's an annoying thing. Another annoying thing is not zipping up pants. I tell my boyfriend all the time. I literally, I can't wait to slide on a pair of jeans and zip those suckers up. That's all I desire. I just want one pair of zip pants. Oh, to think just, Oh my gosh! I literally get aroused at myself thinking of zipping up a pair of pants. I can't wait. Okay, I believe those are the pregnancy topics of the day. Let's go on to the top five shows I watch here. Number one is The Bear. I love The Bear. You guys know I'm such a sucker for any restaurant content. Like I just I love it. I love a cooking show. I love a behind the scenes. I love an Anthony Bourdain esque show but I especially love a TV drama set in a kitchen. Count me in. I loved The Bear. I also loved Love Has One. This is a cult documentary, three parts on Max. One of the craziest ones I've ever seen. Some of the dumbest people I've ever witnessed. If I'm going to watch a cult documentary, it better be crazy. Like it has to be actually insane. And Love Has One is up there. The Great British Bake Off, of course, the new season of that is on there. I miss the days when they released the whole thing at once. Do you guys remember that? They used to release the whole, the whole season. Now we just get weekly episodes, but I go back, I rewatch them. I love, I love a new season of Great British Bake Off. And The Last of Us also made my top five. That was a fun, like weekly watch. I love, I love like a good quality weekly HBO AMC, you know, watch on Sunday nights where everybody's getting together. Did you see the new episode? Like I miss that Game of Thrones really left a void in my heart. And I really, really like that. So. I loved Last of Us, and I also loved Shiny Happy People, which was the Duggar documentary. That one was, again, it was crazy, but the Duggars, it was really well done, really creepy, really seedy, seedy underbelly of things that perhaps seem very wholesome. I feel like that's the main the main takeaway of Shiny Happy People. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. All right, let's go into the five things that I have cooked or baked this year that I... Love. First, I finally learned how to make a delicious bolognese. Been on my list for a long time. I found a good recipe, but I adjusted it a little bit to make it more my taste as a good pasta sauce should be. And I loved it. Loved a bolognese. And then the next thing, I finally learned how to properly cook a steak. Like in the middle of my pregnancy, I was like, I think I need to be eating some red meat. I really don't eat a lot of red meat and it just felt appropriate. Like I needed to be getting more protein. So I finally learned how to cook a steak and I kill it. Every time, I love cooking a steak now. My favorite thing I baked by far, well, two things. Okay, I'm gonna put put them both on the list. First, the chocolate oat bars from Broma Bakery and the pumpkin snickerdoodles. You guys asked me about those like a 100 million times. Both of them are from Broma Bakery and they are the best things I've ever made. The chocolate oat bars, so it's like an oatmeal cookie with like a fudge middle, but it's a bar. They used to sell them at Starbucks, but now they don't. And so the homemade ones, oh my gosh, they're amazing. And then the last thing that I learned how to make this year is it's like an Emily Marico thing. <laughs> she would go to this bakery called Craftsman and Wolves and the muffin itself is called the Rebel Within, but it's like a cornmeal scallion Asiago muffin with a soft boiled egg in the middle. And I learned how to make it and it is as delicious as it sounds. I can't wait to be in the mood to cook again, you know, because just where I'm at now, it's takeout, it's frozen, it's quick, but I can't wait to be in the mood to cook. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. These last two categories. First one is my favorite episodes of the bad broadcast. My favorite episodes that I recorded. Top of the list is my episode with my mom. That one just resonated with so many of you. And it was really amazing to see how many of you related to that and how many of your moms, you know, related to my mom. And it's still by far the one that people comment on the most. They stop me. They say, oh, I sent that to my mom. I love when I'm with my mom and I get stopped and people say, oh my gosh, you sent your guys' episode to my mom. And you know, it helped us so much. I just, I really love that she came on, that she was vulnerable and did that episode with me because it really made a huge difference in so many people's lives to hear from her. And I can say that because she's my mom and I know how amazing she is. So that was by far my, my favorite one. The next episode was the violent humblings episode. I don't know why I just loved recording that. I loved reading that. I got so humbled a couple weeks ago because, okay. I never ask for free stuff. I find it really embarrassing. Okay. I never ask for collabs or trades. Maybe I did in, in like the early days. I don't know. But for sure, where I'm at now, I find it really embarrassing to be like, hey, do you do collabs? Like, will you do a trade for a story series or whatever? And finally, uh, like, I wanted to get my car detailed. And so a bunch of people were recommending this one place. And I was like, hey, I'm just going to see. I don't know why, like, getting my car detailed was the thing that pushed me over the edge to ask for a collab. It just shocked me how expensive it was. So I just I was like, maybe they'll do a little, maybe they'll do a little trade. Maybe they'll do a little collab. So I messaged them. And they said, that's not worth it for us. (laughs) I said, okay, bye. Never mind. I was so humbled. It was violent. It was a violent humbling. So, yeah, I did love that episode. The next one was the episode that I talked about the Short King. I believe it's called Hate Lists and Short Kings and Bad Dates. Oh, my. I don't know. But the Short King saga, if you guys don't remember, oh, my gosh, it was so annoying. And I literally don't even care. I mean, he's blocked me on everything, blocked everyone. I know everyone who knows him has blocked me. Anyway, basically I went to a comedy show and I saw this guy out in the wild who was so annoying. And I just like talked about him on the podcast and somehow somebody put together who it was and found him and sent him to my page. And he was like sending me pictures of himself with guns. He was asking to come on the podcast. He was very weird And I thought it was hilarious. I was, I was actually living for it. So yeah, recording that episode about the short King, it really provided me with so much entertainment that it had to make my top five. The next one was the baby episode. I mean, announcing that I was pregnant and telling you guys about my initial symptoms and how I was feeling about everything. That was a really, really fun episode. Also, I think my most popular episode of the year, if I'm not mistaken and then the last one is the Lucy's hereditary episode. That was the hardest I've laughed in an episode ever. We really had to edit a lot of it out because we were laughing so hard. It was actually hard to record. I loved, loved doing that episode. Lucy's a fan favorite and Lucy's a, a, my favorite. So it was hard to pick which one. Cause I liked our pregnancy episode that we did too about weird things that happen in pregnancy. But yeah, that hereditary episode is, is one of my favorites of all time. Okay, now let's round out the episode with my top five life lessons that I have learned this year. Some of these might be repeats that I've learned, but they were reinforced this year for sure. Number one is your intuition is stronger than you think. I just don't believe anything the way I believe this. I believe that like that inner voice, gut feeling, higher self, future self, whatever it is, is like way louder than we think and way more obvious than we let it be. I feel like we all have this intuition. We all have this voice that's telling us if something is right or wrong. But man, do we love to ignore it? I don't really know why. But I will say that this is the year that I really stopped ignoring it. And like if my intuition tells me something or if my intuition is pushing me towards something, I really don't ignore it. And that was very much the case with my pregnancy. I really, really, really felt a push that it was time for me to get pregnant and it was okay for me to get pregnant and that I was ready to be pregnant. And I really kind of just closed my eyes and jumped right in. And it's been so far the best experience. And I'm so grateful that I didn't ignore that feeling because it was strong. I mean, it was not leaving me alone that it was time to have a baby. And then when I found out I was pregnant, it was just total peace that it was happening, because my intuition knew uh the next thing I've learned is that your body knows when you are i mean I think a lot of people would say aligned, which I agree with, I just think it's a stupid word, but your body can sense when you're aligned or when you're safe, and I don't really know how else to expound upon this, except that I just have felt a difference in how I feel, and I think that it's why I felt good during my pregnancy because I felt like safe for the first time in a lot of years like emotionally physically mentally safe and i just feel like my body could sense that and i am really beyond beyond thankful that i felt that way during my pregnancy because my only hope is that she knows that and that i have kind of infused her with that i've kind of marinated her in safety while she's been been inside my body the next one is something that i still struggle with but it's trying my best to be okay being misunderstood I think that this is a really good thing for most of us to learn. I have lived my life hell bent on making sure that everybody else understands me and defending all of my choices and having a really good argument for why I do the things I do. And as I get older, I'm just kind of coming to terms with the fact that I don't think that everybody is going to understand why I do what I do. And that's very frustrating for me. And so I'm trying to get to a place where I'm okay with people just saying, I don't get why Maddie did that. Why would she do that? I don't know. Because it's it's okay. It's okay if they don't understand. And I don't need to spend all of my time making sure that other people understand things that I am perfectly at peace with and okay with. That leads into my next one, which is that your energy is currency. My mom always said this, my grandpa, I think taught my mom this, then she would tell me this, that like, you only have so much energy in a day. Like you start every day with 100% energy not saying like that you feel hundred percent, but you know, you have like the hundred percent of the day. The way you spend your energy is currency. Like you are literally, you're investing in things throughout the day. And obviously there are life things that just have to happen that you got to do. You got to get gas and go to groceries and pick up kids and all of that. But then there are things that we unnecessarily put our energy into. And just to be wary of that. And that leads into my final lesson of the year, which is no is a complete sentence. I know it's probably a Pinterest quote. Okay, get off me. But no is a complete sentence. This year, I have decided that I don't spend time with people I don't want to spend time with. I don't go to events I don't want to go to. I just say no. I really have felt very empowered saying no to a lot of things, I don't do things out of obligation. I mean, again, unless it's like a life thing that I I really need to do or take care of or whatever it might be. But like, I don't know. I just, I don't go to parties I don't want to go to. I don't go to dinners with groups of people who I know are going to drain me. I am very, very picky about how I spend my time and who I spend my time with. And if I'm going to plan something, it's going to be something that I really, really care about. If I go to a party, it's going to be with people I really, really, really want to spend time with or a dinner or things like that. I used to just say yes to things, to influencer events, to random birthday parties, to random lunches. I don't do that anymore because I feel like the more you say yes to things that you don't really want to be at or things you don't want to go to, the quicker your life like gets off track. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if I believe in off track. And actually I recorded an episode with Ash where we're gonna talk about that. But I just think that the more you say yes to things that really bring you joy, really make you happy the quicker your life like gets good because you're only around people that you love. You're only doing things that you love. Of course, the outcome is going to be good because you're only putting yourself in positions where you're really, really happy. So that's a good summary of 2023. This is my last regular episode. Maternity leave actually starts next week. Every episode starting January 1st through the end of February is pre-recorded, has been pre-recorded, is maternity leave. I am out of office, ladies and gents. I'm not responding to DMs. I won't be posting about things. I'm going to be, you know, soaking up time with baby. Again, maybe, I mean, I'm a few weeks ahead as of right now, but maternity leave officially starts on January 1st. But yeah, I mean, maybe she's here right now, maybe not. I'm not really sure, but I will update you guys when I can. I don't want to linger on it too much because I will sob my face off, but I'm just, I'm really excited for this next phase of life. I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I get to have a baby. I can't believe this is where my life is right now, but I'm so excited. And your guys' support and love and encouragement, you will never know what it means. Like, I wish I could somehow put it into words. I wish there was a way for you guys to know what you mean to me, what the podcast means to me, what it means to bring a daughter into a world where I know people like you guys exist, but it is absolutely everything to me. So I love you. Thank you for being here. I will talk to you guys as soon as possible, but I'm signing off. I'm headed into baby land. I love you all. I'll talk to you soon. Be safe. Be kind. Be hot. Bye.